Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 46 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, and I'm here, as always, with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? So It's great. So today we're going to talk about um, kids' media and finding media for your kids that isn't terrible, meaning TV shows, movies, books, podcasts, audiobooks, all of that. We're not going to talk so much about managing your kids' media time because that's like a whole different ball of wax. We're more going to talk about um, kind of the process of finding great stuff for your kids to watch and listen and read, especially in these middle years where I am, where they're not quite ready to find their own stuff, but they're getting older and kind of ready for something beyond, you know, Daniel Tiger's neighborhood or whatever. So I think this is going to be a fun topic. And as always, I look to you for a preview of the years ahead of coming. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And so, I look to you for a flashback of what things yes. were like in the Caillou days. TBS shows. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is going to be fun. But before we launch in, um, I would love for you to give a little update about some things you've been working on in the sure. podcastosphere. The podcastosphere. <laughs> Diving in with both feet. Well, um, I... I, we, the network, the Life Listened Network, launched a new show last week called Life Work, and it is a show that is about designing your life and building a business. So if you have any interest in either of those two things, you definitely should check it out. It's at lifeworkpodcast.com. It's actually kind of funny. A local entrepreneur and I um, named Dave have been having, you know, like quarterly lunches for... I don't know, like five years now. And we would always try to come up with something we could work on together, but our businesses are pretty different. So there really was never a good, like a really good fit. And then one day we were talking about podcasting and I said, well, did you, cause he's got a great radio voice and, and radio background and a lot of great insight about business stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm more on the life end, but, um, so anyway, we ended up having a conversation. I said, well, well let's just do a podcast. So we've been working on it for a long time. It is a daily show. So if you Very like, very cool. If yeah. you are a, consu- a hungry consumer of content and... Or like a daily commuter. I feel like the yeah. people who commute would love that idea yes. of a, a quick daily and I show. Like, it's, yeah, it's pretty quick. Like most episodes are no longer than 20 minutes, except for the every Thursday we do an interview. And that has been like between 50 minutes and an hour. And we've got some great interviews lined up and we cover a, a weekly theme. So we kind of take you through like a like a little journey. You know, we start the week well, off kind of yeah. introducing the theme and then talk about like Tuesdays. We kind of internally call that like our all the T's, like tips, tricks, tools, mm-hmm. techniques, like all those T words. And then Wednesday, it gets a little more just touchy-feely. We dive into something. Thursday, there's an interview. And then Friday, we wrap up. And it's great if you if you like that continuity of having the same people. You know how you mm-hmm. really get into like a show or something? Like and a morning wish- show. Or yeah. Like, you know- yeah. And you want more. It's like you, those people become part of your day. So Dave and I want to become part of your day. So Well, it's cool. And I've been listening yeah. a little bit. And I, I just to kind of add to what you've said, I think it's perfect for if you're a small business owner or just if you have those, like, you know, some people just have that entrepreneurial interest and itch and like to think about how to, you know, start their own business or improve the business, even if you're, you are an employee, but just, um, so it's a little bit of like motivational stuff, a little bit of management, a little bit of like, you know, life goals and life planning and yeah. a little bit of money stuff. And it's yeah. kind of all of that wrapped it's into. It's all of that. And yeah. and one of our big goals is to talk about how you build yourself as a person while you're building a business so that you mm-hmm. have that balance. And so, yeah, that's, that's the show. We've loved it so far. We're having a really good time working on it and I hope it shows. Yeah. Check so it out. again, that's lifeworkpodcast.com. You can also go to lifelisten.com, which is the whole network. And yeah check it out there. Um, but I'm sure some of our listeners, um, are also in that sphere or I'm have sure as well. friends and who are. So. 
And I, I don't have to tell you all because Sarah, you and I have said this, have hammered this, how much ratings and reviews help. Yes. They really do. Yes. Especially like in the first few weeks of an, of a podcast, that's really how mm-hmm. you get attention in the network. And then like on iTunes, that's really how you get, you know, you kind of rise through the ranks and maybe get on one of the note, new and noteworthy lists and stuff like yeah. that, which really helped us when that happened yep. to us. Thank Absolutely. you to all of you that helped us. That happened for Absolutely. us. So. Yay. So, yeah. Well, congrats. That's an exciting new venture. So I have nothing to add to our, our weekly, you know, regular, right. <laughs> yeah. Regular, what you've been doing. Becoming regular. Yeah. What we're doing and what's going on in my house this week is I just launched a new podcast and yes. John and I, you know, because John works on these with me, um, it's very much been a team effort. So I don't have to give him a big shout I don't know how you did well. that when your kids were on spring break, but that's maybe. <laughs> yeah. It was a ter- it was terrible timing. <laughs> I don't know what we were. Th- we stayed up really late a couple nights and just knocked it out, but. Yeah. Oh, very cool. We're excited. Um, all right. Well, let's let's dive in here. So once again, um, I brought up this topic. I kind of brought it to you because I feel like I'm kind of in a transition place with my kids and the media they consume. So I'm talking about movies and TV. I'm also talking about books, audiobooks, podcasts. My kids do listen to a couple podcasts. Um, and music. And that is that my older two um, are definitely like aging out of truly little kid books, um, movies and TV shows, but they're also getting like their own kind of individual interests. And they're, um, I think kind of ready to have great media to support the other things they're interested in. Allegra's really into cooking all of a sudden. So we found a cool like cooking competition show that she loves. So, so kind of like to start to integrate the, the media that they consume into like who they are. Does that make sense? As opposed yeah. to just plop your butt on the couch and watch and Curious be passively George. passively entertained. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think, well, you and I are both very enthusiastic consumers of all kinds of media. You and I both love TV yeah. and we love music and we love to read. And so I'm kind of seeing my kids start to get to that place, which is really fun. On the other hand, they're not old enough. And I'm talking about Allegra and Reed who are about to turn eight and six. Um, and they're not quite ready to just get on and Google and find their own stuff. No, you know that's, a I mean? I mean, I, no that's a bad idea. No, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. And, then, and they, you know, while we go to the library and we look together and they definitely find their own books, they still need me or I, I still would like to be involved in kind of shepherding them toward decent stuff. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about all of that, but I think that's why this topic came up for me. Um, and so I think it's going to be fun to talk about. Um, and I want to say also at the outset that this we're not talking about um, like screen time and how much no, your kids I don't, watch. I don't want to talk about that. We're not going there. Um, <laughs> that's like a different topic. Yeah. It's like too big. It's It just depends it's too, too much. On it, yes, exactly. The age of your kids and your family. And it, you know, I have to say that's one of those that's one of those topics, too, where like my ideal and my reality are so far apart from each other that, I mean, I I would almost feel sheepish talking about it right this moment because I have not got that under control for myself. So. Well, there yeah, you and go. it's so highly dependent on the day, the week, the yeah. month, the family, the kid, the, the age, age. The I mean, yes. so anyway, so we are not talking about how you manage screen time in your house. We're talking about how to find good stuff for your kids to watch, yeah. listen, and yep. read. Um, so I kind of wanted to just set that up. Um, and I, I think I have some good tips, but then I also want to hear from you. So um, maybe we can start with TV and movies because that's kind of sure. an easy place to start. Um, I guess one of the, one of the things I'm finding is that my kids are bored by what used to be like, go to, you know, guaranteed sit on the couch for an hour movies, but they're not necessarily quite ready or not all of them for the next level. So have you seen, I mean, I'm sure that transition happened in your house many times at the ages of your kids, but, um, maybe just talk, maybe just talk about what your kids are watching now or how that worked when they were little or what Clara's getting into as the youngest. There's a big transition right now, I have to say. So the older kids, um, oh gosh, this is like a really big topic too, but I'm just going to break it down as much as I can. Yeah. So the older three, Mm -hmm. I feel like have been on a very similar TV trajectory for a while, um, which is okay sometimes, but you know, there's a big, there's my oldest is 18 and my middle child is 12. He is beyond like anything kid-like, right? So that's all done. Um, and I kind of wrestled for a while with letting him watch more adult programming with the bigger kids. Like they all got really into arrested development and the office. I knew there was stuff in there that kind of was, uh, you know, a little like kind of skirts the edge. Right. But I have to tell you, I sat one day and watched what is available to teens and tweens. Mm -hmm. And I decided I would rather have William watch a quality show. That's a little on the edge than the crap that is out there. That's aimed at kids because it's not really any better. They don't, they don't necessarily, um, they don't necessarily touch on racy themes as much, 
but there's just like an attitude issue. I'm, I'm becoming kind of yeah. like my mom. I remember yeah. my mom really <laughs> hated the show Home Improvement. Remember that uh-huh. show? Yeah, because I remember. she yeah. didn't like the snotty teenage kids. And like, I remember thinking that was the most ridiculous thing. Like, mom, come on, just whatever. It's how kids are. But right. I le- recently I was yeah. watching that show and I thought, oh, she's right. It was like the late 80s and early 90s. It yeah. was kind of the rise of the snotty teenage. Mm-hmm. And now they're all like that. And they're right. all so worldly wise. They all know better than their parents. And there's always like an exception. There was one right. actually, I want to say Selena Gomez was on it. It's kind of older. Was that the one? Like. It was this nice family and the parents were in charge and I was kind of like, and you know, of course she was like a rock star or something. I don't remember. I've only seen it a couple of times or maybe she was like a magical witch. I don't remember. Anyway, I'm not into this genre of TV, but there's always exceptions to the rule, but I have to say by and away, like I cannot stand what is on the television between two o'clock and like, you know, seven o'clock aimed at teens and tweens. So we've skipped it, just completely skipped it. And I'm fine with that. Um, Clara is in this completely different place right now. She watches a lot of kid cart- or like a lot of kid stuff on YouTube. Yeah, I was and, hoping you were yeah. going to talk about this because we haven't really gotten into it, but I know it's a big. Well, a big I have thing. to say, I kind of pointed her in that direction because mm-hmm. when she was maybe five, she started really getting into shows like um, My Little Pony and stuff, which are just mm-hmm. silly and they're fine. Yeah. And I never, right. I kind of, they actually kind of have fun music. But I thought, well, I don't want her just like you said. I don't want her just sitting there passively absorbing these storylines, I would rather she was like looking for things that interest her. And she Mm -hmm. got really into, well, for a while she was really into the unboxing videos, which is the one where they just open toys and stuff. Like that's it. Okay. Just take a real pause because if you, people don't know what this is and I didn't for a while, can you explain this phenomenon? Because it is so crazy that this is People buy stuff and they (laughs) open it. End of story. On, yeah. <laughs> on YouTube. I mean, that's it. You get but your stuff. The kid, and then, but then kids really like to watch kids it. Kids love it. You know, it, <laughs> I, for a while, thought it was so goofy. And then the more I watched, the more I kind of got it. Because when you're a kid, I mean, think about watching, think about Christmas morning. And so much of that joy is really just watching the unboxing. And so you're just watching another person. (laughs) And I I have to say, I don't, Clara never, it it wasn't like that then led to her. It wasn't like when um, we went from having no commercial TV for a while to then having, because we would play the like cable discount game and we would. We would get cable during the winter when they'd give us a great discount because we hadn't had it for a while. And then we'd get busy and we'd cancel. And then, mm-hmm. you know, like four or five months later, they we'd call back and say, oh, we're thinking about maybe getting basic. And then they'd always offer us right. some. So anyway, for there, we would have long periods of time and all we would watch is Netflix. So the kids never mm-hmm. saw commercials. And then suddenly there'd be TV on in the house. Yeah. And I could tell within like a day a noticeable yeah. difference. Yeah. They would all of a sudden be begging for yeah. everything. I mean, I remember Owen one time crying because he wanted tap lights so badly. You know, those are like, it's like a made, Mm -mm. it's like an infomercial thing, like as seen on TV. They're like literally lights that you put in your driveway or on your, you know, on the sidewalk in front of your house. And then you, you just kind of like tap the top and they turn on. He wanted those and a chocolate fountain, like (laughs) really bad. Like he wouldn't leave and he can be very stubborn and he's like a dog with a bone. So he would be up in my face constantly asking for a, a chocolate fountain and a tap light. Um, Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. 
I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. So that's just an example. But So one thing that's interesting is with the unboxing, I have to say I didn't notice Clara getting that like need, need, need more, more, more. She got more specific about the stuff she wanted. Like she really got into um, Littlest Pet Shop Mm -hmm. um, unboxing videos because there's a million Littlest Pet Shops. Right. Um, So she got kind of specific about the kinds of stuff she liked. But I feel like this is going to sound stupid, but like I feel like watching someone else open and play with it kind of scratched the itch for her a little bit and she didn't need it then herself. So that was unexpected. Um, The other thing that was kind of cool is Via that, she got into modding, they call it. So they take a my, you know, Littlest Pet Shop. And okay. some people get really into this. Like, they'll heat up the joints and make them, put them in different poses and stuff. Okay. Um, but Clara more got into, um, like, painting. Like, she'd paint him with nail polish. Okay. And, and give him, like, different looks. And there were, like, little tutorials on how to do that. Okay. And it reminded me when I was um, a little, you know, maybe 10, 11, 12. A friend of mine and I were really into briar horses. Remember those? Mm-mm. They're they're like little plastic horse models. They're okay. kind of expensive. I never had more than maybe five or six. Yeah. But um, she had them all over her room. And there, if you got past a certain level of collecting, often you became a modder. And so okay. you now in those days there was no internet, so you would get these handwritten newsletters. It was like the days of zines. Remember those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you'd get these, and they would t- tell you how to like take this one model of a horse and bend its front, you know, its foreleg, so that it was oh standing God. in a different position. Or like change out its hair. I mean, there was ways, lots of ways. Right. It's amazing. I mean, right. there was lots of ways to do it. And it was actually kind of a cool hobby. It was very wholesome and yeah. fun. And that's kind of how I saw Clara's little obsession yeah. for a while yeah. with those unboxing videos. Um, here's the problem. Her unboxing YouTube habit, I got I got feeling a little too confident and comfortable with it because the videos she was watching, she'd usually be sitting next to me on the couch or the bed or whatever. And I'd watch over her shoulder and it was all very sweet and it was fine. Mm-hmm. And then she got into some, oh, and she also started making like her own little Play-Doh animals and stuff, which I thought was really fun and cute uh-huh. and artistic. But then she kind of fell down this rabbit hole with personalities who do both children's programming on YouTube and not really children's programming. Uh-huh. So it's not that the stuff that's for older, you know, for not for kids is terrible. It's not like, you know, they're not dropping right. F-bomb. And she knows yeah. right away, like, because sometimes stuff slips through, even the YouTube filters. Yeah. So she knows if she hears a cuss word, she turns it off and she's never allowed to watch that one again. And she's very, you know, she's really conscientious about that, which is great. But some of the stuff, it's not that it's unclean. Mm -hmm. It's just that it's not stuff I really want her watching. Um, And I've had to really crack down. Uh, For example, because there's stuff that she's hearing, that she's saying and repeating that there's really no way she ever would have heard that. Yeah. Through, from me yeah. or any yeah. media that I would have on in the house. Uh, like a couple weeks ago, we went to the pool with my family, and she asked my sister and my sister's boyfriend if her thighs looked fat in her swimsuit. Oh, and I thought, okay, it's possible she heard this from a kid at school, but not real likely in first grade. Yeah. I mean, it's possible, yeah. but not real likely. I would never say that. None of my friends right. would ever mention right. anything like that. Right. We would never watch TV with her that would have that kind yeah. of messaging. So yeah. I kind of feel like yeah. – Maybe she was watching um, a yeah. lot of the the same kind of people often who watch the unboxing videos like to watch, oh my gosh, I can't even remember what they're called, play-alongs or something, walkthroughs. It's like when someone plays a video game and someone else watches. Yeah. Same concept. That that's a thing too. I don't know and, what it's called. Yes. I, I, I'll think of it, I'm sure. Um, so she's watched a few of those and I think some of those people kind of skirt the line between some yeah. that are aimed at kids and some that aren't. And yeah. even the ones that are clean, 
I've just heard them say things like that I'm just not really comfortable with her hearing. So right. it's become kind of a challenge because she's got right. a lot of autonomy and I want her to be able to pick stuff that she likes and right. that's interesting to her. Right. Um, and some of the stuff that's aimed at really littler kids is boring and not very entertaining. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. you know, I don't blame her for not wanting to watch babyish stuff at seven. And, you know, especially seven is the new 13, right? So, or, <laughs> yeah, seven is the new 13. Uh, I was going to say, is it 13 is the new seven? No, absolutely not. It's the other way around. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm in a challenging place with that mm-hmm. right now. The good thing is she kind of knows what's not okay. And right. she's pretty good about asking and letting me yeah. know if she's changing things up or... Um, you know, it's not a free right. for all. And we made that mistake with the older kids where we thought we had a filter on. Yeah. And they went down, they were like watching SpongeBob episodes and there are some very sick people out there who have taken children's programming. Um, and actually it's, it can be very funny. Like they'll dub it over with, you know, right. terrible stuff, but yeah. they don't mark it right. as explicit. So it looks like, yeah, it looks like yeah. it's the same. Yeah. And, and often there'll be just enough of a length of clip before the bad stuff that you don't even mm-hmm. know. Like if you're watching mm-hmm. with your kid for a minute, mm-hmm. you'll be like, oh, this is Caillou. And then oh, God. a minute in, it goes really wrong. And I remember one of my kids, it wasn't Claire, this was a long time ago, bringing me the iPad or whatever with this look on their face. Like, mom, I don't think, it must have been oh. William. I don't think I was supposed to see this. So, you know, that stuff is, I feel like we can, obviously we have a lot of control yeah, but there does come a point where like some of that stuff is probably going to slip through, and it, yeah, I I still feel like the benefit of us taking control and letting the kids choose a lot of their media and and sort of directing it via Netflix or whatever has been worth it over just passively having the TV on, which we never right. do anymore. I I right. can't even remember the last time the TV was just on unless it was like the one night of the week I got to just have HTV, you know, HGTV or Food right. Network on for no reason. It would be right. me. It would never be right. the kids anymore. They right. just don't watch TV that way anymore. So, right. right. Yeah. I don't know. So that was a very, very long winded. I think I just talked for 10 straight minutes, but no, it's so interesting. <laughs> and it's so different than when you and I were yeah. growing up. Well, I guess I have just a couple of like thoughts or tips on how, how we've tried to find movies and TV that the older two will actually like when they're kind of stuck in a rut of growing out of these, some of the younger programming. And one is like to follow their interests cross genre. And this is like a super easy one. Like if you don't want to look things up and are tired is that if there's a book that they like, um, see if there's a show or a movie version. Yeah. And this is oh, like not even idea. for qual. I like, I'm admitting this is not really quality programming, but like Reed loves Pokemon loves the card mm. game, like really legitimately plays the card game. And, you know, knows it inside and out. And so, of course, there's like a terribly animated Pokemon TV show. I don't know. Your boys probably watched it or something. Uh, I, I, know, it's I like, kind of love this theme song, though. Yeah. Oh, yes. We have the. Well, that's actually I'm glad you brought that up, because when I say cross genre, <laughs> like type in Pokemon on Spotify. And sure enough, there's an album of music. Yeah. And, and we've we've played that yeah. on so many car trips, okay. the Pokemon and you, or you like should jam out to the poker rap because. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's good. It's actually really good music. Another thing, like the cross genre, sometimes you can cross, um, I don't know what we, brands within that genre. So when my kids were really into Pokemon, and they haven't been for a while, but they kind of keep getting, they kind of keep trying to get back into it. Right. And then they'll kind of forget about it. It's like they feel like they're a little too old, maybe, like Owen and Will, but like they still want to play with it every now and then. Um, They were also really into... Not Bakugan. It was another one in that same yeah. kind of like I know anime. there are others. And I actually, one of them I thought was a great show. Like I would watch it and really enjoy it. It was clever. It had really yeah. funny little bits and the music was good. I'll have to think of it. And because sometimes that's another fun way, you right. know, like inspired by this yeah. game. It's like well, this other one. Yeah. And that the Pokemon show, actually all three, the girls, one older and one younger, they all three love the show. It's the animation that's terrible, but I think the stories must be compelling enough. And so that's, so that's one, I guess, just tip is if your kid is really into something, see if there's a book, a show, a song or a movie about it. And that's like the lazy parents guide, I think, to like, you know, kind of following their interests a little bit and seeing what happens. And like you said, sometimes it's not half bad. And even if it even if it's not like highbrow media, right. at least it's right in with what they're enjoying anyway, as opposed to just picking randomly from what's free on Amazon or whatever. We also um, did that with Minecraft because the kids were really into Minecraft. Yeah. Um, and then people started coming out with those parody Minecraft songs. Okay. And they're really good. I mean, I'm okay. not even joking. Like some of them are better are better than the original song. Some of them I know better than the original song at this point. <laughs> but I mean, they're, they're fun to listen to. We'll sometimes just put them on five or six of them in a row. And just jam out to them. And even the kids who aren't in our family who 
don't play Minecraft yet right. or weren't at the time. I guess everyone now has tried it at least. Right. Uh, like when Clara was three or four, that kind of helped her feel like she was part of something she yeah. wasn't really part of. And that's helped me exactly feel like I was part is. of something I wasn't part of because yeah. I don't play no, Minecraft. I mean, that's a really good example. And that's how Pokemon is in our house yeah. right now. It's like Violet knows the songs and like right. watches the show. And anyway, um, but then another another tip I would say is to follow you or your partner's interests down to the level of kid-appropriate media. So, like, w- Brian loves – like, Brian can nerd out on, like, science and technology all the time. And he's really good about coming home with, like, an article from Wired Magazine or something he heard and, like, looking at videos of, like – the International Space Station or like things like that and getting the kids excited about it. So I guess that's like, that's another way to do it is the things that are naturally interesting to the adults in your house, find a way, like a kid appropriate way to watch a movie or a documentary together or, you know, pull up a bunch of videos on YouTube. And I feel like, um, you know, that's one of the benefits of living in the technology age that we Absolutely. do is that there's a lot of great crossover. Like we can, we can Google something that we're all interested in. And I think when kids, when kids see parents naturally interested in whatever they're naturally interested in, it's not that they're going to, that's going to become their lifelong passion, but it, it's a, Never it's know. a way for the whole family to yeah. gather around it. So right, absolutely. Um, I, I just started watching this documentary about Misty Copeland, who's a African-American ballerina in the American Ballet Theater. And she's broken all kinds of great oh, boundaries yeah. and is a cool person. And, um, and I start watched the first 10 minutes and I was like, Allegra should be watching this with me. Not because she loves ballet or dance, but because it's a great story about, you know, a strong female. It has a lot of good messages. And so I think that's, again, it's a fun part of kids getting older is that you can include them in some of your own media, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, I think one thing I've, one complaint I've had, um, for the last, I don't know, since my oldest kids became old enough to watch beyond cartoons, right? Beyond Caillou or whatever. Right. Um, is the lack nowadays of real, truly family programming. I mean, mm-hmm. when we were growing yeah, up, there true. were family-oriented movies. Yeah. There was family television. And now the family TV is either a little too rough for kids mm-hmm. or a little too babyish or teenage-focused for adults, I feel, right. most of the time. Right. And movies have kind of gone the same way. It's, it's hard to find something that really is that middle ground. Right. I don't know if it's because our standards have changed or because everything has become so segmented. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I have to say movie musicals uh, yeah. kind of beat yeah. <laughs> Kind of like get around all that for me because everybody, maybe it's just because our family is a musical oriented family, yeah. but we'll all watch like Little Shop of Horrors or something like right. that and love it. And like 80s movies, mm-hmm. another great way because there was so many in those days. Like there was so right. many family films. Right. Um, they did let through the cuss words a little more freely yeah. in the 80s. So if that's a, that's not really a big deal for me if I'm watching with the kids. Um, right. Because I can kind of keep no, going I, in it. But. Yeah, it's not really either. I think back in our holiday episode, I just had a flashback. We talked about Home Alone. Um, and some of the other like holiday classics of like, you know, when your kids are now yeah. ready for those. And it oh, is that's fun- right. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny what, um, like what they're ready for. Like I don't, the cuss words don't bother me either, but, um, like Home Alone, for example, I had forgotten how mean everybody is to each other in the beginning. Oh of yeah. That they're family. terrible. And yeah. my kids were really kind of too young for that still, because even though it wasn't anything on paper that was inappropriate, I mean, other than just being mean is it just was like shocking to them yeah. way more than like robbers breaking into your house or like the machine gun, like the fake machine gun sequence was how mean, like the, the older brother, how scary he was. So it right. is, it's funny. But again, I'm, I'm really, my kids are even younger than we're talking about, I think mostly for, but, but you know, yeah, I think, yeah. But you, that, that also can happen with any topic. And totally. I'm, the last week, Clara, John and I watched, um, inside out Okay. and Clara could not handle it. Like we couldn't handle that movie either. Couldn't handle record. it. And, couldn't and handle. what it, I was like watching it thinking, what is, you know, what's wrong. And then I kind of put myself in her shoes and thought she's so afraid of this girl getting embarrassed or this, mm-hmm. you, she was like, so she was emotionally distraught mm-hmm. and she didn't want to turn it off. Because she wanted to see what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But she was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I just know she's going to get really embarrassed. Oh, she's going to cry. Like, she just, like, yeah. she was freaked. Was that what reads? You know, he saw it with, we didn't go. We sent okay. it with a family friend, which was probably a mistake. Again, I'm usually better about, like, vetting these things. But yeah. again, it's Well, it's Pixar. a Disney movie. I mean, yeah. it's Pixar. Like, and um, everyone raved about it. So. 
But again, he can watch. That's a good example of like different kids are sensitive to different things. He can watch battle scenes till for like six hours straight. I mean, age appropriate, but like dragons and fire and, right, right, right. and battles. But he like intense emotions are intense for him because he's an intense little guy. So I didn't see the movie. I just know he didn't want to talk about it. He never wants to see it again. And he was totally traumatized. Yeah. I'm curious if any listeners had kids because I know people love that movie and adults love that movie inside out. Um, and I really kind I of more thought, adults raving about it than I did. Well, kids. and maybe that's maybe that's a sign, you know, because yeah. what I remember hearing and and what I really thought was it was a movie like help, that would help really emotional kids kind of right. handle their emotionality. And I'm not sure little kids picked up on that necessarily. Right. And maybe I think Clara was stressed yeah, the exactly. whole time. I think it was super and super intense for Reed. So yeah, we, yeah. I mean, we just kind of let it drop, but he yeah. didn't want to tell me what was upsetting and yeah. Well, was, he, maybe he didn't even know, like he might not have even yeah. really been able to verbalize it. And Clara yeah. was just kept saying, this isn't fun, mom. This isn't right. fun watching this. And I was like, okay, we can turn it off. She's like, well, no, I have to see now. So, cool. I mean, I mean, it's just like, if you know anything about it and I'm not going to yeah. give any spoilers, but it's kind of like this little girl's emotions and how they right. play out in her brain essentially. Right. Right. And so there's, you know, it's it, cause when one gets isolated from all the rest, that's when like it becomes stressful. Cause then yeah. you just see like, Oh, there's a sad running around in her head. And yeah. like, <laughs> there's, you yeah. know, it's, I don't know. It was kind of interesting. And then I kind of made a look a little joke, like, because the sad one, Clara's in this mood and we don't have to get into Clara's emotional issues right now, but Clara's in this mood where like she's super negative all the time about stuff. Like she can never say, oh, that was great. It's always like, I wish that hadn't happened because now I'm disappointed. I'm not doing it anymore. Like just something like that. Always there's like a little negative right. spin. Right. So right. I, now I kind of regret saying this, but there was this, you know, there's like this one um, character in the show and I think her name is Sadness. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, Clara, Sadness reminds me of you because she was such an Eeyore. Like everything yeah, yeah. was, uh, you know. And Clara, like, at some point looks at me and goes, you're right, Mom. I am sadness. And then I felt terrible. Like, I went to, like, it's like a funny little joke just because she says a lot of those things. But I don't know. It was a good kind of learning moment for me, maybe not to be off the cuff with certain topics. Right. Um, well, and that, yeah. that, yeah. No, I, amen. I hear yeah. you on that movie. I'm really curious now if our I, listeners, because yes, other than you, I've never talked to anybody whose kid had that experience or who had anything other than really good things to say about that movie. So well, there's probably other little Claras and Reeds out there that were traumatized. You know, I didn't like Frozen either, neither did Clara. So maybe That's we're funny. just weird. I liked Frozen. I just think like the rest of the world, it got so. We got so sick of it so fast. Maybe and my I just didn't like did it. Too, so. Maybe I just didn't like it proportionately to the rest of the world or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. Proportionate to <laughs> it the was height. fine. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I do want to shift into some other media, but before we do, I wanted to uh, throw a shout out to the website Common Sense Media. Ooh. If if you are listening yes. and you don't know what Com Common Sense Media, I think has been around for a long time. It's old. Yeah. It's I've been it's, using it since the boys were little. Right. So you can look up. I mean, it's a search database, and they have articles and other resources. But I just use it like as a search database, and it will have um, really good descriptions of movies and TV, and I think other media too, but I use it mostly for movies and TV. It gives an age appropriateness based on what kids have said and based on what yep. adults have said, but more than that number, age seven and up or age nine and up, it goes really into detail into what you'll what you will encounter when you watch that because certain parents are more protective over like you said language or maybe right. it's like boy girl stuff and sex or maybe it's boobs like um, I know people who just yeah, like, like, boobs are just the thing you yeah, can't have those so um <laughs> whereas like other other people may be more relaxed in some areas yeah. like I don't you know my kids fine about that but violence is really a trigger whatever right. so yeah. it will give you really detailed and then there's consumer reviews and it's just really easy to search in high quality so I'm a huge fan and they Thank have a, a, a mobile app too I keep it on my phone because it's it's just an easy I mean it just looks easy on mobile too so if you're like out and about or about to download something or something so and it's I'll not judgy that. that's what I like about it too no, like there's no judgment all. implied it's like no. they're not gonna say never take your kids to this movie it's no. like here's what you'll encounter it's actually really I think they're really well written reviews like sometimes it'll make me want and a lot of it's also great to use if you're remembering a movie from your youth like we were talking about like with Home Alone and you have yeah. like you know like oh I think that would be a great movie but I can't remember like is it, you know, does it, is there like this sex scene I forgot about or, you know? So, um, I think I, it's good for that too, when you're trying to maybe pulling out a nostalgia pick, but not sure what, what yeah. it's going to be. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the time I watched city slickers with my kids because I had all these great memories of watching city slickers with my parents. And then there's a sex scene in like the first minute. I think that's how the show, the movie opens and John and I were like, oh boy, you know? yeah. should have looked it up. Should have yes. common sense media that one. Common sense media. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. 
We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Sarah, we're welcoming our sponsor, Element. That's spelled L-M-N-T, a zero-sugar electrolyte drink that leans on current science about what our bodies really need in order to deliver the most effective hydration possible. You know, Sarah, Eric is really into keeping up with health research, and he's been insisting to me for years that we actually need more salt to stay hydrated. Turns out Element agrees because they've developed their product based on a growing body of research that shows that for optimal health outcomes, we actually need to be taking in sodium levels at two to three times government recommendations. That's a big difference. Yeah, it really is, Megan. And, you know, electrolyte deficiency or imbalances can cause headaches, cramps, fatigue, brain fog, and weakness. I know I can feel really rotten when I'm dehydrated. And also, I don't love the taste of plain water, so I'm not that great about drinking it. Element makes a huge difference in how much I'm enjoying my hydration and in how I feel, and it's super easy to fit it into my daily routine. My favorite flavor of Element is the grapefruit, but if that's not for you, we're going to get you set up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite Element flavor. Plus, Element has a no questions asked refund policy. You don't even have to send the product back to get your refund. Yeah, you can receive a free Element sample pack containing one packet of eight flavors. So you'll get eight total packets free with any order when you purchase through our custom URL. That's drinkelement.com slash momhour, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and it's available for both new and returning customers. To get that offer, again, go to drinkelement.com slash momhour. Um, okay. So I want to talk about books and audiobooks a little bit. Um, cause I, we are in a really cool place right now where I have two independent readers and it happened, even though they're two years apart, it really happened at the same time because Reed is really a ab- pretty advanced reader for his age. So they, both of them kind of got to that point where they're reading for pleasure and reading a lot, like mm-hmm. reading, you know, chapter books and able to read, you know, almost anything that's meant for kids, not, not anything, but you know what I mean? It's, we're yeah, no yeah. longer in like level one, level two, level three, they can just read chapter books. Um, and so that's awesome. And they're reading independently a lot, like just for fun or when they're bored or to go to sleep. So that's genius and wonderful. And if you've been reading aloud to your kids for the first several years and this is a good faith. It's a good thing. Um, but it does mean that we're going through books really fast. So I just want to kind of throw out a couple of things we've been doing. We do go to the library. Um, but I'm, I'm a big fan of looking things up on the library before I go and reserving things. So if I know that they like, like sometimes they'll maybe bring home a book from school, this classroom library or the school library and like it. And then I'll go on and see if there's any others by that author or in that mm-hmm. series and reserve them so that we don't just go in and wander around. Sometimes we go in and wander around, but I try to like pick up on something that they've liked and then see if there's a whole bunch more. Um, another thing um, that we do is sometimes not go to the library and go to a real bookstore. And I'd kind of forgotten cause I'm, you know, we're, I don't want to spend, I don't want to buy all these books. Like sometimes right. they're just these series that they'll blow through and right. I don't need that on my bookshelf. Of course I want the little house books. And of course I want certain the Ramona books, but I don't need all of these books to own. Um, but I kind of forgot that when you go to the actual Barnes and Noble, 
um, they just, they have everything that's new and they tend to have like the sets in an order where you can see. And I had yes. been so used to being a cheapskate at the library that I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I know it's much it's easier right to choose here. things. I know. So, and it's, it's just more cool. visually appealing because they know what they're doing. Not that the library people don't, but you know what I mean? Like there's people right. who are paid to create these exactly. <laughs> displays and they really do make a difference. Exactly. So I think those are like two sides of the same coin. We've been using the library a lot because I don't want to just buy all these books. But on the other hand, once in a while, especially when they kind of graduate to this like new level of reading or like they're ready for more, um, the bookstore can be really helpful. And maybe you buy one or two books and then you go back to the library with the information that you got yeah. at the bookstore. But um, yes. so I don't know. Do you have anything to add to the um, the reading and book thoughts? Um, gosh, you know, it's funny because in our – nothing very useful probably. I will say like the older kids, and this is another thing. It's like Owen was probably before he really – was ready for those books really going into the series. Um, and, and I'm talking like the not young adult series, but the kind of like medium, like divergent and like those ones. And I think it's because the older kids were reading those. And so he okay. wanted to read those and then he would kind of give it a shot and find out a little ways in. He would be the kid who would be like coming to report to me every time he turned a page, like mom, I'm on page, you know, 25. And I'd be like, okay, do you have any idea what the story is? <laughs> you know, but I, to some degree, I kind of let him do that. Cause I thought, well, he's just, School is where he's got his Lexile and that's where, right. you know, they're going right. to pick the books out that are appropriate for his comprehension, but he's pushing right. himself and I'm, I'm not going to tell him no. I mean, I remember trying to read the Little House books when I was like five years old and yeah. I could read every word, most most words, right. but I had no idea what was going on. Right. And my, I remember my sister quizzing me at one point and I was like, uh, what? And, but that's okay. I mean, I went back and read him again a couple of years later and I was ready and it was great. So I will say right now, Owen is is finally really getting into Harry Potter. Like mm-hmm. he's kind of dabbled. He's he's seen the movies, right. but when he was really little, right. Right. and I think he's forgotten a lot of the order. Yeah, and you know, like how things actually played out. So now he's reading the books and loving it and talking yeah. about well, it all he's, the time. I think that's a perfect age. I think yeah. yeah. I mean, I think before that, because that's I mean, he's the age when like that the characters are in the yeah. first couple of books. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah and I, I, I mean, I know there's people who've like kind of, I don't want to say brag, that's not the right word, but I know that I've heard from people who was kid, you know, seven or eight year olds were reading the Harry Potters and um, they were, you know, kind of proud of that. And that's cute. And that's fine. It's, it's a big book. And it's, if your kid can read that, that's great. But I think sometimes we put a lot of focus on like, are they reading these long books? And really, I would, I would just assume they read something that they just enjoyed and yeah. got something out of. But again, I won't, I'm not going to deter them from something Yeah, no, I think that's good. And actually, I want to say on the flip side that Allegra tends to read below her reading level when she's yeah. reading for fun. Um, when I was saying earlier that these that Allegra and Reed are into chapter books, they're definitely into like the early chapter books at the level of like the Magic Treehouse and um, yeah. the yep. Ramona Quimby's. And I, I don't think of them as like reading, um, what am I talking about? Like the step one, step two, step three. Right, right, but right. They're right. definitely in like the... I think it's like ages five to eight chapter books, those kinds of things. A to Z mysteries, ballpark mysteries. I don't know if your kids have been into any of those, Um, but there's like, yeah, those kinds of series. Um, So not quite, not, not harder than that yet. But what I was going to say is Allegra tends to read below her reading level. Um, When she reads for fun, she just doesn't like to work that hard. I was just going to say about Clara. Clara does not like to work that hard at reading. Yeah. And that's also okay with me. Yeah. Because I know that at school they're doing comprehension exercises and they're, again, they have the Lexile number and we tend to read aloud to them at a much higher level. So Brian's still usually, he's usually the read alouder to the big kids. Um, but he will always read a book that either they, they can't quite read themselves yet, or they just aren't, it would just be more work than they're willing to do. So they, yeah, I think it's, I think it's kind of fine either way, whatever. Me too. And you know, one thing about that is I think that's where I feel like the good old picture book really plays a big role. And I'll tell you what, I was, um, volunteering we don't have, for whatever reason, we don't have a lot of the step one, step two type books in our house. And I don't know if that's just because I don't like the way they look. Yeah, and we've talked about <laughs> you know? the licensed character thing. They tend yeah, to be yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah, but I'm talking about like those little thin ones that are kind of narrow. Yes. They're like, you yes. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I was volunteering in Clara's classroom and reading with the kids, and uh, man, those books are boring a lot of the time. I'm not going to say yeah. all of them, but there's a lot <laughs> where I think, why would a child want to sit down and read this? If I was this kid, I would much rather pick out a beautiful picture book with a few words on every page where, I don't know, I feel like there's – there's there's obviously different ones. Like I want to say even maybe Magic Treehouse might be might have like a level associated with it, right? I, I can't remember now off the top of my head, but like the ones I'm talking about, you know what I mean. It's yes. like repetitive, same words over yes. and over. The pictures yeah, are bad. Yeah, when they're practicing like boring. a phonic theme or something. Yeah, they look like yeah. like they look like some 
somebody wrote them as like, you know, like they had an intern write them, not a writer yeah. write them or something yeah. like that. So, uh, or an educator wrote them, which is great, but maybe yeah. not an educator who uh, is adept at writing interesting stories for kids or whatever. Right. So there's been a lot of those where I'm like, oh, like they'll come in the house because my mother-in-law was a teacher for many, many years. And so she has a huge stockpile of those and they would kind of make it into the house and immediately just end up leaving the house again because I don't even want to read them. So why would my kid want to read them? So I think sometimes like going down a step so that you can have like the full immersive book experience, even if that's a picture book, that's maybe technically a little too easy, has some value too. So agreed. Agreed. Um, I thought I had a thought about more. I thought you had a thought. I thought I had a thought about about how to find these books, but um, it seems to have lost me. Oh, one note I did make is that I feel like the internet is a great resource in this area because kids' interests and level changes so quickly from, say, like first to fourth grade in reading. Um, But there's so many bloggers and um, websites who do book roundups all the time that I I won't, I don't even have one in particular I'm thinking of. I just feel like I always see headlines like, you know, great books for kids interested in adventure stories or great, like, you know, great books for girls ages eight to 10 or whatever. So just, I mean, a, a little bit of Googling and with an eye for quality, obviously, can at least get you started because some part of the problem is like all of a sudden they're ready for different books and you just don't know what's yeah. out there other than we know we know Little House and we know Ramona but there's there has been more written yeah. so I'll see if I can round up a few of our favorite series at this kind of I would say both my kids are like third grade reading level probably yeah yeah but, yeah, yeah um but even if even if you don't go with mine it's it's an area I feel like that's written about a lot because people are always looking for new book lists. And yeah, I mean, some absolutely. of our blogger friends, I feel like even do those kinds of roundups quite a bit. So there was a catalog and I, was it Chinaberry? I know Chinaberry was a big one for a while that had like really great descriptions of children's books in it. Okay. Um, and I think sometimes that can be kind of fun too, especially if you aren't super fond of scholastic catalogs. Okay. I am not super fond of scholastic okay. catalogs because my kids always want like the dumb SpongeBob book that has right. the, toy attached or whatever that's how it is at book fair we don't get the catalogs at home but yeah they they send them home and i mean they send home like so many i don't know why we get so many like why what is the variation like they'll come home all stapled together and there's a huge number of them and um i've also read that they are like really terrible deal for authors the authors get a really bum deal if their books are in the scholastic catalog so i'm not going to say i'm totally a purist and that you know i never will order from there but we most of the time do not order from Scholastic. And right. um, and I know the school gets like a kickback or free books or whatever. So I always feel a little guilty about it. Um, but I'm looking at my computer right or on my phone right now. Yeah, I think it's Chinaberry okay. is a catalog that has like, well, it looks like now they have tools and things and I or toys and things. And I think it used to just be books. But okay. I want to say they have like really good descriptions of books. And if it's not Chinaberry and it's something else, please someone leave a comment and let me yeah. know. Um, <laughs> because I, it had like little stories almost that would describe okay. the books and they were pretty great. So, yeah, this looks like it's it. Yeah. Okay. So, China Berry. Good to know. We'll link to that. Yep. We'll link to that too. If you're like me, sometimes you still like getting real catalogs at home. I don't know. Yeah. No, I love it. Um, Also, I mean, this may sound obvious, but I feel like it's a great area to just ask friends whose kids are a little bit older or a little bit farther along in reading. Um, Just like we ask each other what books are good for us um, is get recommendations on what people's kids are reading. Because it is just, if you just walk into the library or the bookstore, it's it's completely overwhelming. And kind of circling back to some of the media, uh, movie stuff, there, there are things out there that they can read, but that maybe aren't appropriate or that, right. it, you know, that they'd be just as interesting in something better. Ooh, and I did have one other thought. Um, the biography series, who was or who is, have any of your kids been into those? Those are great. For, I mean, maybe, but I wouldn't, I don't recognize the name. Um, but I think they're relatively mm-hmm. new. So it's like, okay. who was Rosa Parks? Um, and oh, it's yeah. Biography. Actually, who was Rosa Parks? I believe yeah. that book may have become home with one of my kids from the library in February. So, yeah. Okay. So they're really, really well written. And um, Reed in particular is more of a nonfiction guy. He's literally been into science books since he was like two. Um, So, but they're written like a story. And like Brian and I were totally into them because they're these people that we didn't really know that much about. And, but they're not a board. Like I remember biographies as like doing reports in fourth grade and going and get a biography and just looking up when were they born, like, you know, that kind of stuff. These are written really like a story and they pull really cool anecdotes from 
the famous person's life. And, um, so, and those could be a read aloud if you're still reading aloud to your kids or, um, an independent reading kind of at this level. So that's another really good one I'll link to. Can I, can I take this opportunity to say, um, I, I think it's great for kids to be into nonfiction and I don't think that's something wrong with your kid if they don't like fiction. And I think that that's kind of like a, I think that's like something that parents, especially parents who love literature struggle with a little bit. Like, why doesn't my child like to read the books I read growing up? And some kids just want just the facts. And I went through phases as a kid where every time I went to the library, I would get like books out about baton twirling and cheerleading and stuff (laughs) that were written like in the sixties. And they would say very, very hilarious things about, you know, personal hygiene and stuff. But um, I remember actually very clearly one saying something about like how if you had, if you had glasses and you wanted to be a, uh, what is a baton twirler called? Uh, oh, like a, mar- not a marionette. Not a marionette. I know that's what, a majorette, a majorette. If you want to be a majorette and you wear glasses that you should ask your parents to get you like contacts or something because like no one, yeah. no one, you know, wants to look at a majorette with, con- it was like, it was like flashback city. Right. Um, but, but. But I, when I wanted stuff like that. Like, I wanted to know how to do things. Yeah. And I went through a long phase where it was pretty much all I read was, like, just nonfiction. Yeah. So – and now today I read more nonfiction than fiction. I do, too. Counts. I'm, a, it's I'm a reading. almost exclusively nonfiction. Um, and Reed is – Reed is also – although he, he can still get into stories. But, um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Basically, follow your kid's lead. Um, yeah. And – I don't know. I'm like a library, like rah rah library person. And you've said that you haven't been to the library in a while because you can't find the books that you need to return or something. Uh, no, I finally found them and returned them and paid a very hefty fine. So, oh, okay. We're, so you're we're back in. in the clear. Actually, now uh, I think we're late again. <laughs> but I, like, for a while, we were told me that our local library is going to close because not enough people are using it. I know that's like, it sounds like the beginning of like a sad, but it like a um, documentary or something. But um, it just, I, it's just not that hard to go in and like just a few times to get to yeah. know where the sections are and it saves you so much money. And I've talked about the overdrive app before that you can download audiobooks yeah. and ebooks. And now I'm sounding like a library spokesperson, but no, I love the library too. I, I go back and forth. I, I like you. Well, we don't even live near a big bookstore anymore. I haven't been in, I literally have not stepped foot in a Barnes and Noble, uh, in probably six or seven years. Oh my. There's just not one around me. But we have a really cute downtown, you know, yeah. store. And I'll, I like to support them. So I'll buy a book there like monthly. And then I'll go in right. and browse sometimes and get ideas. Well, small town, like independent bookstores are great too. Yeah. Yep. Obviously. Yep. Yep. But I want to support the library too. It's important. And, yeah. you know, and I don't feel like it's, it's not as, you know, kids don't go on field trips to the library the way we did. Right. I remember that going to like our city library because it was so much bigger than the school library. Um, that was like a thing and yeah. it, it's not as much of a thing yeah. anymore. And well, some and of that's I, because kids oh, can get media from so many places, but that's right. That's true. Um, and another thing I think that happens is that libraries are like such a core of being a new mom where you go for like yeah. horrible story time and horrible Ugh. music classes. And then Ugh. you keep taking them when they're toddlers and they pull books off the shelf yeah. and like, there's no point to any of it. And it's like, why, why does this why library exist? This? So you almost have to get through that, take a break for a few years and then trust us, go back when your kids can read and look for their own books and yep. remember where the books are in the house. Like I just used to get like panic attacks, even checking out books. Cause I was like, I'm never going to find it. It's going to be under somebody's bed, but now yeah. we do pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, when my, when my kids were really little, my sister and I used to go, we, this was how we'd spend a rocking Saturday afternoon. Um, we would go together and one of us would stay in the children's section with the kids mm-hmm. and Usually, you know, this this place happened to have toys and a train. So it wasn't like they were running and pulling right. all the books off. They right. were actually playing. And then the other one would get like an hour to just go nice. wander. And I remember what a luxury that felt like. Like in those yeah. days when I always had a kid hanging off of my leg just to be able to yeah. wander through the stacks and just look at stuff and not even yeah. really care what I found. I wasn't really necessarily looking for anything in particular. Yeah. Um, just like quiet with a bunch of books. It was pretty heavenly. So that's another plan. You can always team up with a buddy if your yeah, kids are still I like little. that. I like it. Um, well, we it's almost time to wrap up, but I wanted to um, just mention a couple more resources. We didn't get a, t- a lot of time to talk specifically about um, music, but I, you and I have both sung the praises of Spotify before. Yeah. I did want to mention that Spotify has audio stories. If your little, little kids like to listen to stories, they have – I'll link to it, but Spotify has a great collection of Disney – like the Disney movies, but just read as a story. And mm. um, my, in my experience with kids and audiobooks is that when they're littler, it's harder to pay attention or they get bored or they don't care if it's something they're not familiar with, but they'll right. listen really carefully if it's a story they already know. So like Cinderella, they've seen the movie 
If I listen to that audio story on Spotify streaming in the car any day of the week, all day. So that's a really good. And again, if you're paying for Spotify, if you have a paid account, it's just there. Um, and not everybody knows that because it's mostly music. Um, yeah. And then another resource I wanted to mention was Cool Mom Tech, which is a sister site of Cool Mom Picks. And they do really good reviews of apps. Brian in our family is like the one who finds apps for the kids. They they get to play on the iPad, you know, mm-hmm. like while Violet's napping on the weekend is kind of their time to just kind of do basically whatever they want on the iPad free for all. And Brian's really good about finding new apps that are just interesting. It doesn't have to be like educational, but just yeah. like good, good games. Um, and Cool Mom Tech has, they do good reviews of apps. So if you're, yeah, if you want to load up on some apps, that is a good resource. Um, what else did I think those are, those are some good places to start. And again, this will be kind of a links heavy show yeah. notes. So yeah, yeah, all yeah. of this will be at the mom Um, and I, likely I will think of like 50,000 more <laughs> things we didn't mention. Well, Spotify um, also has, um, I want to mention really quick. Um, you can have a family membership. Mm-hmm. And especially for the older kids, we've had a yes. lot. I think you have up to four people. Do you guys have? A, do you okay. guys have? No, that? we no, we don't. Well, you probably well, don't need it yet. Yeah, we don't need it yet. But, but for the older kids in our house, you know, we all follow each other, and we all have our own playlists, and it's actually okay. kind of fun to share yeah, fun. music back and forth, and it's just like a fun way to bond, especially with the older kids. Yeah, and, no, you know. I think I think that's great, and there is there's good music, like there is good new music out there. You and I have yeah. talked about both our husbands are. Yeah. into finding new bands and I'm terrible about it. So I need people around me who will just and, share. And once they share it with you, it's like then it, there's that easy access point. And yeah. I'm just laughing to myself while you were talking about all these apps and cool things about the fact that when my kids were little, we had a like an old fashioned <laughs> Sesame Street cassette that I think I got at a yard sale. And that was like the soundtrack of my life for, I never even bothered to pop it out. It just played yeah. on a loop all the time and things have changed a whole lot so <laughs> no I mean honestly it is, it is great and if you are listening to podcasts obviously because you're hearing us but your kids aren't I will link to a couple of I still think there's a lack of a bunch of good podcasts for kids and they're I hard to find they're hard to find very many yeah but um brains on is our hands down favorite it's a science podcast and I think it's interesting the kids love it um and it's fantastic um I've talked about it before on this show but there's a couple others that are good and I think they're starting to be more so yeah. um oh shoot I almost forgot to mention when we were talking about YouTube um mm-hmm. some friends of I don't, I'm not sure if you've ever met them but some friends of mine who I've known from blogging forever started a company called Kids Views I think it's oh, okay. K-I-D-Z V-U-Z okay it's a little oddly spelled but we'll put it in the show notes um and it's kind of like a you like a safe YouTube for kids so the kids okay. create the content and then it's all <laughs> monitored and you know so you know that your kids are and I think kids just like to watch kids do kids stuff yeah and that you know it's silly to us but it makes a well, lot of remember, sense. Remember, like the Double Dare shows and the, yeah. like, the shows with like people dumping slime on their heads. I yeah, mean, or remember like just recording yourself talking into yes. a cassette tape oh, with totally. your friends for half of an yeah. hour, and then you'd listen yeah. back, and it was yeah. the most fun thing. Like, yeah. What? Why? But kids like to watch kids do stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. No, that's stuff. great that there's a so there's a yeah. sort of safe. That's a good alternative if you're just yeah. getting in. It's a little limited, but it's and it's also if your kid wants to create content, which my kids yeah. are suddenly really into that idea, but you're worried about them having it kind of just yeah. out there. Um, it's like a safer little place for them to oh, that to experiment too. So, um, well, that is a perfect segue to the final thing I was going to say, which is I really think that you don't have to. Not everything's going to be highbrow, right? No. Like your kids are going to like really dumb stuff. Yes. They're also going to want to read or listen or watch <laughs> to the same thing over and over and over. And, yeah. and not just when they're little. I mean, I think we know that about toddlers. They like the same book, but um, I think at all phases, it just yeah. gets ad nauseum. Um, but it doesn't all have to be. Laura Ingalls Wilder or whatever we've decided is like the perfect nostalgic exactly. literature um, that they'll turn out okay in the end. We all yeah. had our like corny pop culture loves as girl, yeah. you know, and when I we still were, go back yeah, and like, read the same yeah. books yearly, like the same ones yeah. over and over that I've read a million times. And I mean, I just, it's a natural human thing. We have this yeah. connection to it or nostalgia. And I think for kids, it's so cute. And I'm watching my, my son who's um, 16 and Isaac is getting really into music. And I love, the fact that he's listening to all the same bands I listened to when I was 16 yeah. and I yeah. would just play like that one Pink Floyd song 8 million times because <laughs> it was like the first time you were really listening to it and it yeah. was amazing I, yeah. I kind of almost feel a little jealous sometimes because I don't know what it would take for me to have that level of love for a piece of music anymore right <laughs> like right. what like the attention span or the time required or just right. the novelty of like right. really hearing a really great band for the first right. time um I don't know it's it's kind of a cool thing and I, I'm I'm enjoying watching that 
that kind of unfold in my kids as well. I love that. That's very cool. Yay. Well, I I think we covered a lot of things. Um, If you listeners have favorite resources for where you find good stuff for your kids to watch or listen, um, or if we've forgotten anything, you can leave us a comment at the, um, we're at the, the show is at themomhour.com. This is episode 46. You can leave a comment right there or you can email us hello at themomhour.com. Yay. Yeah. All right. We will be back next week with more. Yep. All right. See you then. Thanks, Megan. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.